The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anshu Khanna. You are now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. I am Josh Dunn. I'm joined as always by Anshu Khanna. Anshu, we're recording here Saturday ahead of the big slate of games here on week 14, this is obviously also the first week of a lot of people's fantasy football playoffs, and I know in the league we talk so much about on the show, you and I are both hoping to potentially meet each other at some point in these playoffs, but more importantly, how are you as we look toward the weekend? Yeah, I'm great. I'm doing really well. I don't have very much hope for my playoff odds, but I'm okay. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, how about yourself? I'm doing all right. I'm... I'm uh, I'm looking forward to some good football this weekend. There's there's a lot of big games, and we'll get to each and every one of them. Uh, we'll go over the lines. All of those will be brought to you by uh, BovadaSportsBook.com, so we'll be looking there to check out their lines and give you some ideas on our thoughts on those games. And then we'll talk fantasy football as well. Uh, so without further ado, Anshu, well, let's 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 first let's react a little bit to what we saw on Thursday night. The game was here in Chicago, and I know that especially because it took me like four hours to get home from the western suburbs uh, because of the Thursday night football traffic. But uh, the, the Chicago Bears, they appear to be at least competitive again. They're making it interesting. They're back in the hunt if you look at the graphic. Uh, what do you think of what Chicago was able to do to that Dallas offense that just it really struggling right now? Yeah, man, the Cowboys and Bears going in completely opposite directions. The Bears, yeah, like you said, 7-6. and six. I mean, it's crazy, though, because the Cowboys still absolutely in the driver's seat to make the playoffs because of their division, but they've lost four of five, and the only team they beat in that five-game stretch was the Lions. I mean, if you look at their wins this season, I think we talked about this before, but the Giants, I'm sorry, their wins, the Cowboys' wins this season are against the Giants twice, Washington, Miami, the Eagles at home, that's probably their signature win, and the Lions. So and on the other side, they've lost the Vikings, the Bears, the Bills, the Patriots. I mean, they like they're not a playoff team, but they're likely to be one at this stage where the Bears, you know, seven and six look much more the part of a playoff team, but they still have to go to Green Bay next week, then Kansas City, then at Minnesota, and they they need to win out. So it's going to be a tough ride for them. Yeah, the Bears have a lot of work to do. You mentioned Dallas and them being kind of in control of their own destiny when it comes to the division. But either way, I mean, for a team that's in the situation that they're in and kind of having an opportunity to still make the playoffs, you kind of think this is probably the worst case scenario you can have for a team that controls their own destiny just with the way they've been playing of late. I mean, they had some some production late in the game and that, that first drive looked good, but everything in between, I mean, they bookended... They bookended a horrible game with a couple good possessions, but other other than that, I mean, it was just bad. They looked good on that first possession. They had a long drive to take a seven nothing lead, and then it just it, they never got it back. And and Chicago had a huge second quarter, and then they, their defense was able to to kind of buckle down. But Trubisky looks good once again. I know you're very critical of him. What did you see mm-hmm. out of Mitch Trubisky here in this game? I mean, are you starting to, to to believe that he can be a legit quarterback, or do you think it's just two lucky weeks? 
<laughs> I, uh, I, I don't think he'll – I'll never be on the side of him being good, but six touchdowns, two picks over the last two weeks, plus a rushing touchdown – He's averaging about 300 yards over those two games. Pretty solid and, um, you know, around 75% completions percentage. That's going to get it done. And, I I mean, I, if he keeps that going, that's – it's you know, he's got a chance to have a good season and reclaim this one for them. And, you know, it's not two terrible defenses when you think of Detroit and Dallas. So um, I'm not sold just yet. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, he's starting to look a little more like the quarterback we saw last year, the one that many people drafted as a – you know, fringe starting fantasy quarterback this year. What about on the other side? How fired is Jason Garrett? (laughs) (laughs) Super fired. (laughs) I mean, if he doesn't win this, if he doesn't get this team to the Super Bowl, Jerry Jones has come out and said it. He's gone. Uh, Obviously Ron Rivera's name's been thrown out there. Lincoln Mm -hmm. Riley. Who do you think would be a good suitor for Dallas? I think the we're right now we're recording on a Saturday and uh, Baylor is playing Oklahoma. Oklahoma's got Lincoln Riley. I like the guy across the field, and that's Matt Rule, who coaches at Baylor in Waco. And Matt Rule is a guy who had the the Jets job supposedly locked down, but the Jets were very adamant about getting uh, final approval on his staff, and he just decided that wasn't the opportunity for him. Everyone loves this guy, and um, you know the way Baylor's playing in this game. Um, you know, with a backup quarterback is very impressive. And, you know, Matt Rule's, you know, performance in the wake of what's happened to Baylor and the, you know, the restrictions that got applied to them. Just impressive, really. I I mean, like the NFL has taken notice of that performance in the wake of those issues. And I I just, I think that, you know, he's going to be a very highly sought after candidate. I think that's fair. I, that that was not a name that I had thought about, but it, I think it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, this game that's going on right now, you mentioned it, it is actually an overtime as well. Uh, obviously, big implications, not just for what we're talking about with, with Dallas potentially, but also on the college football playoff. If Oklahoma goes down, that really muddies the waters with Utah going down last night. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit of that in the leftovers. But uh, before we do that, uh, let's get to week 14 in the NFL. There's a lot of great games this weekend. Obviously, every team playing that didn't play on Thursday night. Uh, let's start things off, you with your Green Bay Packers. They've got what should be an easy game, but Washington has been playing a little bit more spirited football of late. But Bovada likes the Packers' odds, 13-point favorites here. Uh, I'm a little sad because I think I might have taken your Packers if Carolina didn't screw me in my survivor pool last week. But I, oh. like, I like your pack here a lot. And uh, if you've got any of these guys in fantasy, man, I'm, I'd fire them up. I, I love Aaron Jones in this matchup. I love really everything here. What do you think about your pack going into, going into week 14? Yeah, I think at home they are just – they're a really tough team to beat. Their defense rises to the occasion. If you've got the Packers defense, I'm starting them all day. I, I just – I think that this is a perfect matchup for them. The Skins randomly are actually in the hunt with their two straight wins. They're 3-9. and nine. They have the number three pick, but if they went out, they're going to be right there potentially with the Cowboys and Eagles. That's how bad things have gone for those two teams with their consecutive losses in the last three weeks. So – um, yeah, I mean, obviously don't think that's going to happen, but they actually have something to play for here, kind of, which is crazy to say. Um, on the other side, you know, Darius Geis has been pretty good. Uh, I think that against this Packers defense, well, I think that the Packers will be good in part because I think they'll they'll be up big and Haskins going to have to throw the ball and he's going to turn it over. I mean, I think Geis against the Packers run D is going to be a problem at times, and he could break one, a big one off. So, uh, you know, from that perspective, I like him, but I, I do expect the Packers to roll. I think that they cover the spread pretty easily. Yeah, Geis is a difficult 
uh, fantasy story just because of Adrian Peterson still getting you yeah. know, half of the work. I think if, if they could lean a little bit more on Geis, he could be a very productive fantasy running back. And even with the few touches he got last week was a big week for him. And he's been, he's been productive regardless. Uh, but you know, you're starting to see like that Seattle backfield kind of work into a similar situation with where you have two guys who are being productive. Uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about that with like an Eric Ebron and uh, Jack Doyle situation, which obviously <laughs> has changed now with Ebron going to IR, but to just, you know, they're, they're, they're really vulturing each other's production from a fantasy standpoint. Does that, does that worry you at all? If you're an owner of guys going into a fantasy playoff situation? No doubt. I mean, I, I, it would scare me for sure. I think that once they get officially eliminated, he becomes more of an impact player. They put, they have the Eagles next week. That's a terrible matchup, but then Cowboys and Giants last two, that's, those are bankable matchups. Um, yeah, from the Packers side, I mean, I just, yeah, I, I, I like everyone they've got. I think that this Washington's a terrible situation. But, yeah, sorry. from and, and, you know, the Packers are in a similar spot where you have Williams and Jones. And then, you know, with the Browns, you've got Hunt and, and Chubb, obviously. So we're going into the playoffs potentially having to start two of these guys in some scenarios. And that's, that's a tough one to balance. But you might have to, uh, like, if you don't have better options. MVS and Geronimo Allison, have they, they've become pretty much fantasy irrelevant with Lazard's production stepping up. I mean, is, is there what, – what have you seen? I mean, obviously you watch every single play. What have you seen from Green Bay? Is, is Aaron Rodgers just have more trust in some of the other guys? Yeah, and Matt LaFleur said this week actually that Devontae Adams has essentially stepped into the role they had for MVS. MVS was banged up earlier this season, and um, you know basically Adams has the outside role – um, Lazard is the other outside player. And then they're using Aaron Jones in the slot quite a bit. And so, you know, there's just not a lot left. It, it, you include Jimmy Graham in there. There's basically nothing left for the third and fourth receivers on this team, unlike the McCarthy era where they just spread out a bunch of receivers. So, yeah, I mean, I would pick up Lazard. I think that he's definitely useful if you're in a wide receiver pinch and he could end up being a huge player down the stretch. But, you know, for now, I mean, you definitely can't start anybody else. All right, let's move on. I know uh, I know you'd like to see your pack take care of business. I think we both agree that they should. What about Niners Saints? This is one of the games of the week. Uh, we talked a little bit about a couple weeks ago how San Francisco was really coming up on a, a very difficult end of the season schedule, and we saw a great game last week against Baltimore that they end up going down uh, with the J- uh, Justin Tucker field goal. But what do you think of the Niners going on the road? down to the Bayou in New Orleans. Uh, Saints two-point favorites on Bovada, big number at 44.5 here uh, as far as the over-under is concerned, and really two two better defenses. Usually when you talk about these teams, you think fireworks, but these are two pretty solid defenses as well. What do you think of this game here on Sunday afternoon? Yeah, I think, you know, offensively, the game last week for the Niners is going to be instructive of what we can expect out of them this week because the Ravens have turned into a very good defense, specifically with their defensive backfield. And I, I think that Marshawn Lattimore is going to provide a similar challenge on the outside, probably for Debo Samuel. So if you've got Samuel, I'm, I have him in several leagues and I'm benching him because I think that Lattimore is going to lock him down. And if you look at Jimmy's numbers last week at Baltimore, 15 of 21, 165 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's fine from like a real life perspective, but for fantasy, that's just not getting it done. Obviously you're not starting him here, but for that reason, I really like the saints here. Minus two. I I know that they're, they're pretty banged up like all over the field. D Ford is coming back for the, uh, for the Niners. So they might be able to get pressure on breeze. I just, like if you've got these guys, you're obviously starting Kamara and Michael Thomas and 
breeze probably, but um, you know, I, I, I just don't think we're going to get a lot of fireworks on either side. I like the under a lot in this game. Yeah. I wouldn't be excited. I mean, Michael Thomas maybe is the exception to that. I think, you mm-hmm. know, he's a guy that you, you are starting every week, no matter what the matchup looks like. But outside of that, yeah. I, I don't love Drew Brees in this matchup to your point. I, I, I think Kamara will probably have a productive day, but not the kind of day that you would hope for if you're battling for a fantasy, uh, you know, spot in the semis or whatever, as we, uh, right. a lot of, you know, a lot of us are. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, that's a tough matchup for them offensively, but I, I think that I still kind of like the Saints at minus two. I think they win this game because yep. they're at home. I think I think they do enough offensively, uh, but, you know, I, I think that San Francisco offense, they're still, I mean, obviously they've had bright spots. They know how to run the ball. They've got a lot of guys who can beat you. Mostert's looked great of late, but I'm still, <laughs> I know it's kind of been a back no, and forth thing with me with Garoppolo. I'm just still not quite there. I know Debo Sam Samuel stepped up in a big way. Kittle is getting there as far as his health is concerned, but I'm just I'm not quite there with that offense. And I think the, the the Saints have a better offense, and I think their defense will hold San Francisco in check. Wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to a field goal or a touchdown game, but I think uh, I think the Saints win it at home, and I like that two point number. Me too. Yeah, I, it's crazy right now. The the Niners are ten and two. Ten and two. Their only losses are at Baltimore and I believe Seattle at home, and they are the five seed. In the NFC, and they very is, likely could be the five or the six seed when it all comes down to uh, to, the, right. to the final seeding. So, because they still have at New Orleans, and they, I think they still have at Seattle and the Rams um, down the stretch. So, not going to be an easy finish for them. No, not easy at all. And we'll see what they're made of. That's for sure. All right, mm-hmm. let's move on from the big game to Denver at Houston. Uh, Houston, a big win against New England. We don't know what version of the Houston Texans we're going to get week in and week out. Bavada's got them as big favorites at home against Drew Locke in his second start. Nine points here, 42.5 over under, so they think it's going to be a little lower scoring here. Yeah, I mean, and I think part of that is because you expect Chris Harris to be on DeAndre Hopkins for the majority of the game, and he's had a pretty good career against Hopkins historically. They've had a lot of matchups, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, they still have, the, the Texans still have Will Fuller likely. They'll you know, they've got fouls, they've got, and more importantly, it's just Deshaun Watson's been so good. And they've got, they got hot kind of while we weren't watching because we've been so busy saying they haven't looked that good. And that's true. But, you know, beating New England is always a great, you know, just a really good accomplishment, obviously. And, you know, now in that division that we didn't know if anyone could take the wheel, we've suddenly got like, like a pretty good battle has emerged when you think of the Titans and these Texans and even the Colts to a certain extent, obviously they've sort of flamed out a little bit, but these two teams are are very interesting. Maybe the two hottest teams in the AFC coming down the stretch other than obviously the Ravens. Yeah, I, I, the true lock, I, I thought played okay uh, in his first mm-hmm. start. Obviously, they get the big pass interference call at the end. He had the highlight touchdown to Cortland Sutton, who actually caught a second one in this game as well. I think it was the right move to go to him and see what he's got here down the stretch. But I do, I, I think the Texans kind of take care of business here. But again, that Denver defense will surprise you at times. And, you know, that, that offense. We just we don't really know what we're going to get out of, out of Denver with Drew Locke at the helm. So I again I think you're, you you made a great point with Deshaun Watson. He's the guy here. Um, I think the Texans are the better team, but I wouldn't be surprised. You mentioned Denver looking better. They have looked better of late, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little closer than nine points. I think that's a big line uh, with the mm-hmm. way these two teams have been playing and, and how inconsistent both of them have been as well. Total stay away for me. That line being at the total being at forty two and a half tells me that Vegas. Also doesn't buy into the Texans fully yet. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. This is a complete stay away in every way. I could see 
any of a number of results happening here, so it's best to just look away. All right, fair enough. Let's go back to the NFC North. Detroit taking on Minnesota up in Minnesota. 12.5 points on Bovada. The Vikings, big home favorites. Obviously, Detroit been dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, Minnesota had a scare last week with Dalvin Cook uh, on Monday night. He obviously had the, the chest injury, but it sounds like he's going to be close to 100% and ready to go. Uh, what do you think of Minnesota trying to, to kind of get right? We still don't know what, what Minnesota is. I mean, I know that their record's still strong and they're in a position to obviously make the playoffs, but uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, the, the pedestrian offense at times, if Dalvin Cook is a little bit more banged up than they're letting on, this could be a big problem for Minnesota as they try to get right here. Yeah, I, I I agree, but luckily, if it was Matt Stafford, I would be very nervous about this game for Minnesota, but because it's probably Blau, David Blau, who, who last time we saw him looked pretty good on Thanksgiving, but, you know, I, I just totally different piece facing a Mike Zimmer defense on the road. Um, I You know, I, I think that he's going to take chances, which is a good thing, because this Minnesota secondary has not been nearly as good as advertised, um, you know, and I, like, Blau was more than happy to throw the ball to Galladay and to Marvin Jones. And I think that's how you win if you're Detroit. But um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to picture them coming on the road against the Vikings team that absolutely needs this one with the bears and, um, and Rams bearing down on them um, and, and the division still, still up for grabs a little bit. So uh, I, I do like the lions to cover here though. Plus 13, I believe is the line that seems like a lot for a divisional battle and a team like Minnesota that I'm just not, I'm not super confident in, to be honest. Yeah, and they, they do tend to play teams close, especially teams that aren't, you know, at the level that, that Minnesota should be at. Uh, but uh, I, I, I don't hate that call out. I, I think Minnesota does put up a, a decent amount of points here, but I, I'm not surprised if Detroit's able to score on them. I mean, we saw it against Seattle with Minnesota's defense. It, it, they just don't – this is a defense that we kind of – came to, to expect to be one of the better defenses in the NFL over the last few years. And mm-hmm. this year, you kind of still have that in the back of your mind, but they've been fraud. Xavier Rhodes looks like a shell of who was sure. the best corner in the league for, for several years. He just doesn't look like himself. He's getting beat consistently. You could see the frustration coming from him. Uh, I just, I, I don't, I don't love that Minnesota defense. And even, even with a third string quarterback in Blau or, I don't know if Detroit uh, is still. I, I, like I said, I think Detroit still does have the ability to put up points against them, even though they, you know, they're they're down to their number three quarterback. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, we saw what they did. I know it was at home, and yeah, the Bears aren't quite what they were last year, but they've been better than the Vikings throughout the year defensively. And if he could do that to them, even with a limited prep time, like I, I just. It wouldn't surprise me if this game ends up going over the total, which I believe is in the low forties. So, yeah, I, I mean, I. I'm not picking the Lions to win, but it would not surprise me if this is a tough one for Minnesota to squeak out. Yeah, Bovada's got that number at 43.5. I, I do, fantasy-wise, love everybody on Minnesota, though. I think Detroit's defense oh, yeah. is going to give up a lot, um, both on the ground and through the air. Obviously, Adam Thielen not, not going to be playing again this weekend. I mean, it seems like every week they're expecting him to play, and he's missing. Uh, so if you got Stephon Diggs, I think he's another guy that you should be able to get some production out of, even though he had some big drops last week on Monday night. Yep. Yep. Darius Slay is not a super easy matchup, but Diggs is, you know, their only guy essentially in the past game. So I agree. All right, let's move on. We've got Colts at Buccaneers on, aren't you? I've got both quarterbacks in our two quarterback <laughs> league playing against, I'm going to be glued to the TV and they're both, they're both yes. quarterbacks that have been pretty horrible, but also, you know, keep it interesting. So this game to me interests me for that reason, but also it's a 47 point over under on Bovada. 
The Bucks are favored by three. I mean, the Bucks could still go, you know, possibly eight and eight here this year. I mean, and, and then the, do we do we have Jameis sticking around? Is if that yeah. happens, I that that to me is is comical. But uh, Colts Bucks, what do you like? I absolutely love Zach Pascal here. I think that with I know I feel like we talk about him every week, but he had a good game last week. Again, the Buccaneers have a really good run defense, and so with Marlon Mack likely returning for Indianapolis, I think that Pascal is going to be a big time player for them. I think the Colts are just due. Like, I, I mean, this to me is like the type of matchup that Jameis always shows his true colors and the Colts have lost four or five. They're such a solid team though, defensively with matter ever flus. I just, I believe that they're a better team than they've shown record wise. And the discipline is going to be, it's just always a problem for Jameis when he plays like disciplined defenses like this. He doesn't take what they give him. Like he always tries to drive the ball through it, which sometimes works out, you know, like in games like last week where he just crushes it. But there are also teams that are scary for him. And I think that the Colts are an example of that. So interested to see how this one goes. I think the total is pretty high, but um, I do like I also really like Brissett. I think that that's going to be a huge factor. If you've got him in fantasy like you do, um, I think that that Brissett Pascal connection is going to be really good. Let's hope so. But uh, I, I'm interested with, with uh, Tampa Bay to see. I think that's the matchup to watch here is how, how Tampa Bay does against that Indianapolis defense. And I, I was looking just randomly at stats. I, I couldn't believe it. So Mike Evans and Godwin are two and three in the league in receiving yards. They're both going to be a, well over 1,000 this year. Uh, Jameis is, I think, third in, in passing yards on the year. Obviously, the interceptions is something we kind of scoff at week in and week out. But the, the offense moves the ball and they're productive. Usually it's because they're playing from behind, but I'm interested to see if they're able to do that against this Indianapolis defense. And like I said, obviously for fantasy implications, but I think this could just be an entertaining game to keep an eye on, uh, you know, for, for, for just fo- pure football reasons as well. So oh, yeah. I'll be watching it for fantasy reasons, but I think you guys should tune in. I, I know you like Indy here. I actually like mm-hmm. Tampa Bay to cover th- the three and win this. Oh week. boy. So I'm All on right. the other side of you, of you this week. I think Tampa Bay is better than their record shows, and I, I'm not a believer in Jameis, obviously, but they have so many playmakers on both sides of the ball. Their run defense has been so good at times. Uh, they've gotten the most out of players that, you know, maybe coming into this year we didn't think they would, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, I like Tampa here. All right, let's stay, uh, we'll, we'll stay in the NFC South. We'll go to Carolina at Atlanta. Uh, the Falcons, another team that's been playing better. Carolina has been terrible. Obviously, Rivera gets fired this week. This is a, a big game for for just to kind of see what you're, what you're, what you've got out of Kyle Allen. If you're Atlanta, you know you're getting Julio Jones back. So fantasy wise, there's some big implications here. But Bovada's got the line at three and a half for the home Falcons. How do you see this one shaking out? Also, forty-seven and a half is the number here. I I think the over is absolute lock. It's probably it's my lock of the week this week. I I think that the over in this game, like I mean, both teams basically nothing to play for aside for from pride. I mean, I think that uh, you know the the Panthers want to throw the ball a ton. Norv Turner has been elevated to assistant or associate head coach. His son, the quarterback's coach, Scott Turner, is now going to be their their offensive coordinator. I think that they're going to want to chuck it and get a bunch of just rack up the stats. And I think they'll be able to against this Falcons defense. Um, you know, on the other side, the Falcons get Hooper back to get Julio back. They have Devante back. I mean, I, I think that this is a blow up spot for them in the playoffs. I mean, I, I know they don't have a lot to play for, but they've They've looked good ever since the bye. I mean, even almost coming back with all those onside kicks to beat New Orleans in a game no one gave them a chance in. I think it's a good that's a good sign for them going forward. So I do like uh, Caroline, or I'm sorry, I like Atlanta, but I love the over here. 
I, I, I like Atlanta on paper. I just – I think that Carolina is one of those teams that just inconsistency just surrounds them this season. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see the bounce back. They've had so many games where like on the last drive they have an opportunity to tie or win. Like even, even thinking back to last week against Washington, they were down by eight. They get it to the, like the one or two yard line, and then they have four plays that they can't they can't punch it in. They, that happened against Green Bay earlier in the season as well. Yes, it did. Um, yep. So I I, I just I, this is a stay away for me. I don't like any of it. I do like the over to your point, but this is a stay away for me for when I'm looking at that line. I don't like I don't like either of these teams. I think they've been two of the most inconsistent teams this season. I, I would like to see fireworks offensively because there's so much fantasy uh, production on the field in this game. Uh, so I'll be watching it for those reasons. But as far as the line, I, I don't like either of these teams. Uh, Carolina let me down once already this season. I'm not going to let them do it to me again. Yeah, screw them. Yeah, Dude, screw. to your point, I mean, Carolina, four straight wins. They were four and two. Now they've lost five of six. They are now five and seven. They get their coach fired. I mean, that is the definition of roller coaster ride. And you just get like, We've said this about so many teams, but Carolina's the poster boy for that that theory in this season. The other thing is, I think they showed their hand a little too soon with the whole Cam Newton situation. I mean, they basically they basically came out and and, and made it clear that they were going to move on from him because Kyle Allen was playing well. Now Kyle Allen looks terrible. I, I, I it's kind of like the Nick Foles situation to me. Like, w- w- can you go back to to Cam Newton after kind of making it seem like you didn't want him? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's a great call. Like, I, I mean, they and, and Rivera had a great relationship with Cam too, for sure. I, I like. I don't know. I'm with you. I, I think, think that he's that, gone. I think he comes to Chicago or somewhere. I hope not. But yeah, I do too. I mean, he's getting a surgery. If he's good to go, I mean, he's going to be like people forget about how good he is so quickly. You know, like out of sight, out of mind. But this guy is an MVP, and he's still pretty young. So I, I think he could be a difference for some team for sure. Agreed. All right, Baltimore, Buffalo, this is another big one. Uh, Baltimore comes in as big favorites on the road. I'm surprised it's this much. Bovada's got it six and a half. I, I love this matchup. I I think either way, whichever outcome we see, which one of these teams is going to prove something to us, right? If Baltimore mm-hmm. can beat Buffalo, a great defense on the road, then I think we're talking about them as a Super Bowl winner favorite. If Buffalo can hold court and get the home upset, then we are talking about Buffalo as being for real because they've they've had some cake wins this year. They played New England tough. New England maybe doesn't look as strong as they did earlier in the year. So is Buffalo for real? What do you think? I I like I'm intrigued by this matchup, so I'm anxious to hear what you have to say about it. Obviously, there's Lamar Jackson, and you know you've got you've got the fantasy uh, the big name there, but. From a from a football standpoint, from a, how this season's going to shake out in the AFC, wh- where do you see this one going? I absolutely love the Bills in this matchup. I think that the Bills, in terms of the line, they should that, them being six point dogs at home is an absolute disrespect to them because of how well that defense has been playing specifically at home. They've been awesome there. I mean, they should have beat the Patriots earlier this season at home near point. Um, you know, yeah, it's not their fault. They just haven't played anyone. It's not like they're losing to bad teams. I guess they lost to the Browns narrowly in Cleveland, but that's not a terrible loss. And so, I mean, they the, what they did to the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, um, you know, that was an eye-opener to me. I, I just – I think there's a great test for Lamar Jackson because of how fast these linebackers are with Buffalo – I don't think he's going to be able to get around very much. This has been a really tough two-game test for Lamar when you think of, well, three, really. If it it was the Rams, who he absolutely lit on fire, then the Niners, and now the Bills. 
Um, and I, and the Patriots were in there too. I just, I think that Buffalo is going to keep it close. They, I would pick them to win outright. And I just, I like these types of games happen all season. I don't think the Ravens are so good that they always win these games. And so, um, yeah, I, I like the bills. I think it's a good matchup for them. So you say you like the line. Do you actually think the bills have a good chance to win this game though? I mean, I, I, you're kind of talking me into thinking it's possible, but I, I think even if it's, even if uh, the bills play them tough, which I think they should do. And I think the bills are better. I think the bills are better than my mind tells me they should be. Does that make sense? I completely understand and agree with you. I, I think the Niners are like that too, to me, but the bills are even more so because they don't I, I throw. Think the, at I think all. the Niners are worse than my mind tells me they are. Really? Oh man. But I, I don't that's know. because, I mean, when you look at the records, like the bills to me, like you, you don't like to me, I throw kind of throw out the record and I'm like, well, it's the bills. Yeah. With the I, Niners, I, it's like their, their, their record is so good. And they came out of the gates fire and they were the last undefeated team. And, and I was like, well, they're Jimmy Garoppolo is their quarterback. I mean, yeah. and, and you could say that's the same about, about Josh, Josh Allen, yeah. I guess, but that's how I feel about him. Yeah. I, I hear you completely, but I, the thing that changed my mind was last week like to go on the road and maybe I'm overrating the Cowboys a little bit but to do that to them especially after the way that game started where it looked like it was going to be a Cowboys blowout like I I was just so impressed with how that defense played against a very talented and good offense in Dallas and um, I don't know I just I kind of I just think that this is a bad matchup for Lamar Jackson I don't know why in my mind I just feel like the linebackers are a tough matchup and I think that on the other side like the Bills don't need to throw the ball a lot and that's you know, the strength of this Ravens defense is when they play a team that wants to toss it around the yard and then they have those three corners and they can get home with Matt Judon. Like, I, I mean, they I I feel like the Bills with Allen, with Singletary, like they want to keep this game like 16, 10, 13, 19, something like that. And I think it's going to I think that's the kind of game we're going to see. And I think that, yeah, I think the Bills can win straight up. I, I really do. And in fact, I'll bet it for sure. I, I just I don't. I don't like that they're. I don't get why they're six point dogs. I agree with that, you there. I, I think like, that's, that's crazy. Just silly. It's silly. Like it should be like you know that, maybe six three. and a half on Bovada. Like I don't. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't see how you don't bet on that. Maybe that's maybe we're maybe we're suckers. Yeah. Look, hey, look there's plenty of time for for us to re. Look, if they get blown but, out, but if if they do it, yeah, I think that's where you're going. It's like if they do it, okay, then then you're, yeah. then they are the best team in the NFL, and they should run away with the Super Bowl if that happens. I agree. That's what a great team goes on the road and makes this a non-competitive game where, you know, they're just tossing the ball all over the yard. I just, I don't think they're going to be able to do it. Not in Buffalo, not against this defense. Fair enough. All right. Let's move from what is one of the best games of the week to what is probably going to be the dumpster fire of the week. And that's the battle of Ohio. But this line opened up at, I think it was eight and a half or nine. And it's been shifting my Bengals way. Bengals on the road at the Browns in Cleveland. Browns still seven home, seven point home favorites on Bovada. Very low number here at 41 and a half. Obviously, Baker Mayfield banged up his thumb a little bit, so there's concern how severe that is. He's going to play. Uh, Bengals get John Ross back. I don't know how much of an impact that has, but the one thing that I am kind of banking on is that it at least opens up this offense and allows him to run the ball a little bit. But how do you see this game here in Ohio shaking out? Ever since Cincinnati got run over by Lamar Jackson, their defense has been awesome. They've Crazy. given up one touchdown in the last 10 quarters or something. Yeah, and I mean – to a man, like it sounds like Andy Dalton playing was a huge shift for that locker room, just starting him, getting him back on track. I, I think that, you know, I, I if I'm a Browns fan, I'm super, super nervous about this game. I'm not sure if the playoffs are even remotely realistic at this point, but man, like this is, 
I, the Bengals are are definitely not tanking at this point. They're still starting Dalton and their defense. If they're playing this way, that they're they're going to look a lot more like that team that almost beat Seattle Week One. So I I can't I this is a total stay away line for me because I do think the Browns win it, but I'm I'm away from it on the line. I think that the Bengals are a totally different team than what they were a few weeks ago. I have a feeling this is going to look very similar to that uh, Browns Steelers game last week. I think I think, and I don't know which side it's going to go, but I think one team's going to go up early, ten or 15, ten or ten or thirteen points, something like that, and then the other team's going to come back and run away with it. And I just it it kind of reeks to me of of that in in an AFC North like battle where neither team's really very good. And I think the Browns, you know, I, I think the Bengals defense, the way that it's playing, could could give Baker Mayfield, especially if that thumb is a little bit banged up, could give him some fits. I mean, the Browns get Njoku back. Tight ends have given the Bengals trouble at time. Nick Chubb is, I believe, still leading the league in rushing. Uh, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. So obviously wow. that's a problem. The the Brown uh, the Bengals have not been great at stopping the run, but again, of late they've they've done a lot better at it. So I agree, it's kind of a stay away for me. But obviously, I have a rooting interest in the game, so I'll be watching it for that reason. But you know, I think there's still a lot of fantasy implications on this game as well. There's, you know, I think there's a lot of people still starting Baker Mayfield and expecting him to be the quarterback that we thought he was coming into this year, or at least Browns fans thought he was. Um, and then with you know with the Bengals, you're you're definitely starting Tyler Boyd. You're you're definitely, I would think, starting Joe Mixon. Uh, so there's there's definitely some things in this game that you're going to be watching if uh, if you're in those fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I know you had a Mixon decision to make this week, and I'm with you. I think that like you mentioned that he had to get to a thousand yards. That was something that's motivating him. But also I like the Browns have been very good against opposing running backs, but I think that with Dalton and the way that this specific offense is constructed, like I think that it's going to be a good game for Mixon, both catching and running the ball. He's been on the field the most. He, he get his highest percentage of snaps the last few weeks of his entire season. Um, they seem to be trending towards using him. And I think that's obviously a really good thing. So yeah, I, I, I kind of think I I totally disagree with you. This is going to be a dumpster fire game. I mean, yeah, both teams are kind of whatever, but I, I think that the Bengals are playing a lot better and the Browns have been better over the last month, last week, notwithstanding. So I think it's going to be a fun game that gets jumped on on red zone quite a bit this week. Time will tell. All right, let's move on to what probably actually will be the dumpster fire of the week, and that's Miami at New York. Let's not spend a ton of time on this one, aren't you? But is there anything you're looking for? Dolphins, Jets, uh, five-point line here, Jets favored at home. Sleeper of the week. Okay. Patrick Patrick Laird is my sleeper of the week. I, I think like that it. he got against the Jets, um, PPR specifically, I think that he is going to, you know, you look at the types of, you know, the they've given up a ton, the Jets have, um, you know, in terms of running back production. And I just, the Dolphins have nothing left. Balazs now goes to the IR. I think Laird ends up playing like 75% of the snaps, catches a bunch of balls. I expect them to be down. Um, I think that Darnold gets back on track a little bit this week. And I, I expect fireworks in this game on both sides in a game that neither one really probably needs or wants to win. But uh, I just expect the offenses to be good. And I, I yeah, I think Patrick Laird's going to have a good one this week. Uh, yeah, Laird's – it's one of those – he, he kind of reminds me of like Brian Hill when uh, he, he got in there for, for yeah. Atlanta. It, I think it's, yeah. it scares me because I want to agree with that with Laird. And I picked him up in I think three of my four leagues. Uh, and I spent I spent money to get him in a, in a couple of those, and I, I I'm like too scared to start him. And I, Gotta I don't, start I don't it, know, man. I don't know Gotta why. Do well, I mean, like, so let me let me pose a couple of questions to you. With okay, that. So okay. I've got him in three leagues. One of the the starts I'm making over him is Joe Mixon. 
which oh, I, yeah, I, I think I, I think I'm making the right call there. But the other yeah. ones aren't, aren't <laughs> as as simple. So I've got Laird, Michelle, Carlos Hyde, Tevin Coleman. What would you do there? Not that Laird, I'm asking Michelle. you to set my lineup because I have a buy in that league. But if I had to make that decision, what would you? How, which two would you go with? There? Oh man, I'd probably this week specifically. I would say. The Patriots against the Chiefs, I think it's going to be a good Sony Michelle game, so I'd, I'd probably lean Michelle, which I, I hate doing right yep. now. He's so risky. I would not start Tevin Coleman. Like He would be the out one for me because of what they have. Breida's back. Mostert looked so good last week, and Coleman was basically iced in that game. So yeah. um, I, I would bench him and Hyde. Yeah, that's that's really close. <laughs> I, I, I think I would take the upside of Laird. It would depend a little bit on the matchup, but I think that it's – very, very interesting. And uh, yeah, I, I'd put I'd put my money where my mouth is there and go with Laird and Michelle. Wow. I mean, I, I, yeah. Laird and the other one's even more difficult. Miles Sanders, uh, Laird, McCoy, Drake, Eckler. I mean, it's just, uh, that's just a mess. Oh, I, man. I, Laird's I, not, not touching the field in that situation. Yeah, I think, I think Miles Sanders is a, good, a guy we'll look for this week to have a big game, which I know you'd oh, yeah. be excited about. But all right. So, so we agree that Laird is a, is a good guy to, to look at this week, but I don't know. In those situations, necessarily, if he's I'm a sleeper, Josh. Yeah, fun. there you go. <laughs> there you go. If you're in a tough spot, I think I agree. I, I agree that Laird could uh, could be productive for you. All right, let's move on to Chargers Jaguars. Two teams really not playing up to what what people thought their potential looked like going into the season. Obviously, uh, the Jags bring in Nick Foles. He comes back and has his own dumpster fire last week against Tampa Bay. I mean, it was horrible. He had, uh, I think, he turned the ball over on his first three possessions am I right about them it was at least two yeah, uh, the Chargers at uh, Phillip Rivers were, were hearing rumblings that he could get benched for Tyrod Taylor but the Chargers oh. still provide fantasy value uh, and I know you know if you've got Fournette if you've got DJ Chark you, you you still have guys in this game that you would expect to be productive but the Chargers come in as road favorites three points but they're coming cross country I'm staying away from the line here but what do you like fantasy wise yeah oh you have to stay away from any line involving the Chargers at this point, I think. Um, I like the char- I do. If I gun ahead, I like the idea of Minshew because I, I think that he's the one guy in this game that actually like has something to play for. I mean, the Chargers are what they're they're four and eight. They're not making the playoffs. So um, the like the guy with the most at stake in this situation, it's probably Melvin Gordon. It's probably Gardner Minshew. So we're getting to that point in the season where we have to look at who's motivated by what, and I think that Minshew is the guy to look at. So. Um, while, you know, Derwin James is back too little, too late for the chargers. I still like, I like, I like the Jags and I, I really like Fournette in this game. I think that, you know, when a team is basically down and out, you know, that's where you look at the run game and you hope that that run game can get going. But yeah, all running backs in this game, I think you got to fire up. So you like Fournette and you like Minshew. All right. Let's assume Minshew has a good game and he finishes the year strong. The Jaguars have come out and said they're going to stick at least with Foles as far as bringing him back and keeping that contract that they signed him to. What do you do if you're Tom Coughlin and company in Jacksonville? I mean, if Minshew is, is Minshew somebody that you're willing to, to, to go into next year with him as your starter, or are you no matter what saying there's going to be a quarterback competition in camp? Oh man, I would, I would definitely make it a competition. I don't know that it's going to be, yeah. Like whoever's there. I, I, I think it's tough, but Minshew's given him way more, way more juice this season. And so I, you know, with the production he's had with Shark specifically, I think that you've got to, you've got to make it at least a competition. I mean, I would look at what you could get for Foles. It sounds like teams still like Nick Foles. 
Uh, I don't, but who knows? I, like, I, I would try to get something for him and just hand the keys over to Minshew personally. Plus, he's going to sell a hell of a lot more jerseys. I mean, oh yeah, and he, fake stash. People love them. Yeah, I would too. Like, if you, God forbid, you're a Jags fan, like I, I would. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I would go. Isn't that where you go? Like, I would definitely want Minshew starting. He's yeah. actually interesting. I agree. I mean, I, I think if it depends. If you're trying to win games, maybe maybe the best version of Foles is a slightly better than the best version of Minshew. Um, I think people are always going to remember that the fact that he is a Super Bowl MVP and that you know he had that one great season with. Philly earlier on in his career, but what was it like 26 touchdowns, two interceptions, something crazy like that. But, Oh yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, if you're trying to sell tickets, you're trying to sell jerseys, it is a business. Minshew is probably the one who provides the most, the, the highest level of excitement, at least at this yeah. point. No doubt. Yeah. And production. True. All right. Let's go to Kansas city and new England. This is another big, big game. This is, I think the third huge game that we are going to have one more that we'll talk about, but uh, what do you think? Chiefs on the road. New England plays great at home. Obviously, we talk a lot about their defense. Three-point favorites at home for New England on Bovada. I think – I'll, I'll say what I think real quickly. I, mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs come into New England, and they beat the crap out of out of the Patriots. I think the Patriots wow. are frauds. I that know that's, that could come back there. to bite me. I, I said Michigan was going to beat Ohio State last week, which was just <laughs> absolutely absurd. That was a little tongue-in-cheek that was because more I, hope. Know, yeah. I know we've got a lot of Ohio State friends of mine, family who are listeners, but – uh, this is not tongue in cheek. I I don't I don't think New England's that good. I mean, they've definitely been worse. Their defense has, you know, we talked about how easy the schedule was and whether their defense was a product of the schedule or was that good. It was probably a mix, but they have not looked good recently. And yeah, I mean, Tom Brady's looked very old recently too. So I, yeah, I I'm I'm not going that far with that. I I still think that they're gonna they're gonna dumb it down. This is a huge game for the Patriots because look, if they lose and the Bills win against the Ravens, suddenly that game week they play week 16 Bills at Patriots. That game becomes for the division essentially, which is wild. So, um, you know, for a team that we all assumed was going to be the one seed now potentially dropping to the five it would be crazy. Um. I think that they win still, uh, but I, I don't feel real good about it. Total stay away for me. Here's my question for you. If you have a scenario where you have Patrick Mahomes and say, I don't know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Sam Darnold, someone like that, do you just say screw it? I mean, you, it sounds like you are starting Mahomes as if it didn't even matter that he was playing a defense that was historic in the first half of the season. Um, I mean, I, so my, my Mahomes decision is Mahomes versus Drew Brees. So you've got Ooh, two quarterbacks playing against – their toughest matchup of the year, probably. So uh, I, Mahomes has not been the Mahomes that we saw before the injury either. So it's like, you know, Tom Brady hasn't been, but neither has Mahomes. So I'm I'm starting Mahomes kind of out of necessity, but I, I, I just don't think, I mean, I know New England's defense is probably the best defense in the league. I just don't think the New England Patriots are that good. I see. I, I mean, you're basically basing that on their offense, that they have – they have been totally out of sorts that even when they are productive, it's basically been in garbage time. Is that right? Yeah. And Brady doesn't look great and his lines, not really protecting him like they usually do. So I have the decision in our league in a playoff matchup of Tom Brady or Sam Darnold, which at face value sounds absolutely ridiculous, but Sam Darnold is going up against the Dolphins and Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, the Chiefs aren't that good, but they've been much better against quarterbacks recently. And, you know, it's in New England. I think that they're going to try to take the air out of the ball. And I'm honestly leaning towards last second starting Darnold over Brady. What do you think? 
I think that's ballsy. I it's mean, that, that's one of those things. So for me, when it comes to the fantasy playoffs, I am one of the, I'm I'm kind of live by the don't get too cute. Mm-hmm. That I seems. I just pretty- I just it's one of those things like Tom Brady versus Sam Darnold. You you, you go with who has the most upside, and I think that's going to be Tom Brady every time. And I think back to the week in our league, our scoring's a little wonky. Where you started yeah. Sam Darnold in that Monday night game and he had negative twenty points. I mean, the <laughs> Dolphins have been playing better. Look what they just did to Carson Wentz, and he was an MVP candidate a year ago or two years ago, or whenever he had his great season. I just, I, I just, don't, as much as I don't love Tom Brady, and I, I just kind of told you how much I don't love Tom Brady. I still think you, you kind of have to go with Tom Brady yeah. in that situation, I'm, and it's just for, for me, it's just a not, don't get too cute thing. It's one of those things like. It, it makes a lot of sense, and and your logic is right, but I I don't think I do that in a playoff situation. I'm probably I'm like I said I was leaning I've I've gone back and forth, and you're right. I think ultimately it'll just be if Darnold sucks and Brady's awesome, I'll just kill myself over it. Whereas if Brady's you know whatever and Darnold's awesome, I won't beat myself up over it too much. You know, so I it's about the process and just living with making a good decision. But it is a question. Like if it was regular season or sometime randomly, like. I might have leaned towards Darnold in a different matchup. Yeah, and I think that's fair. But I think I think I think ultimately you'll end up going with Brady, and I think you will have made the right decision. And I, I mean, I think you're going to win this week anyway, based on the <laughs> matchup. So, um, but anyway, this is this show's not about our league. Yeah, sorry, um, it's, but, but I guarantee but, no, it's good. Have These are situations that people are going to have to. They're going to have decisions like this to make, and I think that's it's good that we throw those situations that we're struggling with into the show, so we give some context to uh, some of the. Some of the fantasy decisions that other people have to make as well. Yeah, exactly. All right, what about Steelers Cardinals rematch of the Super Bowl from what was it, two thousand seven? Nine. Nine was it nine? That sounds more accurate. Eight? Yeah, I think uh, it was nine. Uh, so we got Pittsburgh at Arizona. Obviously, Duck Hodges is the guy for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has kind of quietly become a seven and five, or yeah, seven and five team yeah. that that has a very good chance of making the playoffs now as a wild card. Uh, Cardinals, you know. I don't know what to think of the Cardinals right now. Kyler Murray, I know he was a little banged up last week, but didn't look great. The running back situations become an absolute mess. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I know you said the Cardinals are a team you could see taking a huge step forward next year, but what about this year? I think Pittsburgh comes on the road and, and takes care of business. They're two point favorites on Bovada. I think so too. I think mainly why I think that is Kyler Murray is clearly banged up. They only scored seven points last week against the Rams at home. I mean, the Steelers are a better defense than the Rams. I, I don't have a lot of hope for Arizona. If you've got those guys, it's tough because you mentioned Kenyon Drake earlier. Like that's that's a tough one. You, you, the way he was playing leading into last week, he's a must start. Now, I mean, you probably still are starting him, but you're not feeling super great about it. I, I don't think. And I know you have a buy in that one. It sounds like, but that you know, that's not a not an easy call on either direction. So I do. I'm with you. I think the Steelers go on the road and do this. I think that. You know, the, so the Cardinals are obviously terrible against tight ends, and Vance McDonald's been horrible all season, but it's almost unignorable at this point how bad they are against them. So Vance McDonald, if you're in a tight end pinch in a very tough position this year, I mean, you might have to go with him, which is, yeah, it's daunting. But yeah, I, I think this is going to be one of those games we all sort of forget about at the end of Sunday, and the Steelers will end up being 8-5 and five at the end of it. Yeah, Steelers banged up too. So this is an ugly. I, I mean, I, I just it's it gonna happen. I, you knew it was gonna happen early in the year when the Steelers came out of the gates terrible, and, and now they're down to their third string quarterback. Juju's been out. Connor's been out. They have nobody playing football, but their defense is. I mean, it's similar to the Patriots. They, they the Patriots' mm-hmm. offense has been pedestrian. Pa- the Steelers is is even worse. So I, 
I just I think they're going to end up going ten and six and and getting into the playoffs and they'll probably win the Super Bowl because this is my life now. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't see that happening. They seem to me like an easy out in the first round for whoever let's, they play. Let's hope so. God knows I'll be rooting against them. Yeah, uh, at right. your wedding. At my wedding. <laughs> Titans Raiders. This is a game. The Titans. I mean, Derek Henry. If you, I was looking at his stats the last few weeks, he's he's been insane. Just yeah. insane. I mean, he's. He's averaging like six yards a carry over the last four games. He, he it's it's he might be the best running back in the NFL right now, and he's, and I think he's just going to demolish the Raiders. The Raiders last week, absolute. I, I I'm so mad at myself for not taking the Chiefs. The, the I think the Raiders are a fraud as well. I know we you know we you kind of called me on that, and I said that I thought that game would be close, and it was not. It couldn't have been less close. Um, <laughs> the the Chiefs just just killed them. Uh, I think the Titans are going to come in and, and, and they're just going to run the ball down their throat. Yeah, that, I think that that's the one thing about these Titans that, you know, w- that has settled them down from being so up and down with Mariota is that they've basically, you know, obviously Tannehill has been way more consistent during this, what they've won four of six, four or five, five of six games, damn, with Tannehill, who is sick, according to your brother. And I mean, I, I think that, like, because he's so be able to not turn the ball over they can just turn around like you said and hand it to henry and so it's balanced them and they've got a pretty good defense so like i just feel like they they're they're just way more consistent because they're able to do that they've their schedule is eased up a lot and i i agree with you i think it continues against the raiders who are kind of a mirror image of them um in some ways but also like josh jacobs is playing with a cracked shoulder apparently like this dude is so tough. And, um, I just like, I, I don't think that they've, I think that the magic they had early in the year is about to dissipate in a hurry. But that being said, I, you know, it is the Titans, it is the Raiders. And I like, wouldn't feel great about it in either direction. Yeah. These are two of the most inconsistent. We talked about a couple other teams earlier that you just, you don't know what you're getting week in and week out, but, and maybe that recency bias is why I think the Titans come in and, and do, do take care of business. But you know, the Raiders, have surprised they win close games when they're in them and the Titans play a lot of close games they do that's that's a fact and so yeah I mean they're not like the Chiefs they're not going to hang like 50 on you but like you said I mean Derrick Henry is just such a beast and I'm going against him in the playoffs and I'm just hoping like the rest of his team isn't very good because his because Henry has been you know like right now how many best fantasy player in, in the in football for the last four weeks right yeah I mean and this is another awesome matchup for him yeah, that uh, I wouldn't want to be going up against him, but I still think your team stacks up <laughs> just fine. Um, all right, we've got two night games, Seattle and L.A. This is that fourth huge game. There's, there's four really, really big games this weekend. What about Seahawks at Rams? I, I think this is a trap game for Seattle. Everybody's really high on them right now. The Rams have kind of faded a little bit. I think the Rams are going to win this game at home, even though they are the underdog on Bovada by a point. Totally agree. I I have been wrong with the Rams many times this season. I'll go down <laughs> on that bandwagon yet again. I totally think there's a trap game. I I did not think Seattle looked super good last week against um, Minnesota. Like, they have a bunch. I mean, if they just keep winning close games, and that's why Russell Wilson gets all this MVP talk. But I, I, I just – I don't think that Seattle's a fraud. I mean, their pass rush is getting after it. The defense yeah. looks really, really good until they don't because they, they look really, really good in the first half of games, and then they let teams crawl back into games. Yeah, I don't, I don't sure. know. I, Seattle's an interesting case to me. I think I think the Rams are better than they've been. I think Jared Goff is a better quarterback than he's been, and I think the Rams' defense is – it should be better than they've been as well. So I I just 
everything everything in me is saying, all right, the, Seattle's not they, they're going to lose one of these close games. I do think this will be close, but everything in me is just saying Rams, man. I agree. I I have a feeling about the Rams too. I think, and also there are very noticeable splits with Jared Goff where at home he is way better than he is on the road. And I think that, you know, obviously the same thing applies with the Seattle Seahawks. So they have to go on the road. I know it's not a great home field advantage for the Rams, but you know, it is a, it's not playing in Seattle. That's for sure. And I think that that's why, you know, when you look up at the standings and you see the Seahawks at 10 and two, that just doesn't add up to me. They're not a 10 and two team in my mind. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I just think the Rams are, are going to win this game. All right, we've got one to round it out. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles, who have, have just, I mean, we talked about the Cowboys. Nobody wants to win this division. The fact that the Redskins are still alive in the playoff hunt because these two teams have been dumping it up so much. <laughs> I, I don't know. We're going to see Eli Manning back in this game. Oh. I love your boy Miles Sanders here in a oh, yeah. big way. Eagles nine-point favorites. I think the Eagles finally get it right at home. I do too. I, although God, every time I think that they're just going to go on their run, look, they go to, they go to the dolphins and get whooped. I mean, or get beat and embarrassed. I like they do. No one wants to win this division. And uh, I mean, the Eagles can put, this is like a must win for them, I think, because they're already a game back of the Cowboys and they still have to play them. You know, you have to make that game for the division, essentially. And it just apart from that, the Eagles need to get going ahead of the playoffs. And I, I said this to Chris too, like, I, they look terrible right now, and no matter what happens these last four weeks, I'm not going to feel great about them. But, you know, they have a chance to, you know, be a decent team. Yes, the Skins are still alive right now, but at the same time, if the Eagles go into the playoffs at 9-7 and seven with, flat, what, four straight wins, even against some bad teams, I think that, you know, that game against potentially the Niners becomes a much more interesting one considering it's in Philly, you know? And so... But if they're seven and nine and just like bungling all over themselves going to that game, I have absolutely no confidence in them at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to make of them. It's just, it's just such a hard team to, to figure out. And they have mm-hmm. so many good players uh, on the, on that team and, and their defense has been, you know, really, really bad at times, which doesn't make life easy. But Carson Wentz has, has not had that, that offensive protection from that line that, that, you know, that we, we would kind of had come to, accustomed yeah. to when they went on the Super sure. Bowl run. I just, I don't know what to make of them. They're, they're a frustrating team to watch. I can't imagine being an Eagles fan. We, you know, you see all the videos of people yelling at Aguilar for missing, <laughs> for dropping catches. And, you know, you, oh, you, you, but you did have, you've, you've got Miles Sanders, who's really opened some eyes and you've, you, you had a big game from Alshon Jeffrey, who finally has been healthy again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just kind of think that this is a game where the Eagles, they, they get right. And then people are talking about the Eagles as a legitimate playoff team again, and then they'll, they'll, they'll bumble it away again. Probably. I mean, that, yeah. What through 15, what through 12, 15 games, like, you know, kind of what you are at 12, sorry, five and seven is not a good sign. And they haven't been, yeah, they've had some injuries, but you know, it hasn't, they have not, they can't blame that on that three straight losses. I know two of them are to playoff teams, but you have a playoff, like our legit contender beats the dolphins in Miami and that they just right now, they definitely aren't that. Agreed. All right, Anshu, I, I, we, we got through week 14. Good luck to everybody with their fantasy. I know you gave us your sleeper with Laird. Your lock was an over, if I'm not mistaken, right? It was. With Falcons, Carolina? Yes. All right, I That's like right. it. Well, good stuff. So let's let's just real quick, I know uh, obviously the, the championship Saturday is underway here in college football. Just real quick leftovers. Obviously, uh, Oklahoma ends up winning the game in OT against Baylor. 
I just want to hear how you think this college football playoff ends up. We've still got LSU, Georgia today. Uh, we've got Ohio State, Wisconsin, which I know you'll be keenly keeping an eye on, and, and hopefully we can watch some of that together. But uh, where do you where do you see things shaking out? Obviously, by the time a lot of our listeners will be hearing this, most of these games will be decided. But let's hear what your assumptions are and then kind of what you think that one through four is going to look like. Obviously, Clemson's in. You expect LSU to be in regardless of whether or not they win today. But how do you think the rest of this looks? Yeah, I mean, I, I expect Ohio State to be in regardless of what happens today, um, which kind of sucks in my mind. Like, I mean, they're definitely the best team in the country at this right today. I mean, maybe LSU. I guess we'll see how these three teams play. But, like, if Clemson loses to Virginia, who they're 28-and-a-half-point favorites against, like, it, to me, you're not in the playoff. Like, you can't yeah. win your conference. You lose to a, te- a terrible team, you're out, in my mind. And, you know, and then – you know, you've got the winner. Whoever wins the SEC title game should be in. And like you said, like if, if LSU's one loss is to is a neutral site loss to number four Georgia, you know, it's tough to knock them out. But, I, you know, I think of these games as kind of, I don't know, they're like semifinals, right? They're like they're like wild card games to get into the tournament. And I, I feel like if if that happens, like here's what's probably going to happen, though. Ohio State's going to win. LSU is going to win. Clemson's going to win. And then, you know, now you have. I think that Oklahoma becomes the easy choice. Um, but if any weirdness happens, I mean, there are teams just on the outside that are going to be kind of like, why not us? You know? And so I, I think that like the Alabama's even like say Wisconsin beats Ohio state tonight. I think that they're going to say like, look, we're 11 and two. We beat the best team in the country at a neutral site. We feel like we should be. And I don't necessarily agree with that idea, but I think that, you know, it just opens the door to two lost teams to say like, Hey, we should be in. Right. You can make a case. And I, I, that's why I think this needs to be eight teams. And we've talked about it that in years past, but you know, I I think that Utah losing helps kind of clear things up a little bit. Oklahoma winning muddies it up a little bit. If things, if things go according to the script tonight, Ohio state wins, obviously we don't want that for your, for your case, but Ohio state wins, LSU wins, Clemson Clemson wins. I think what what we're going to get what we should get probably. Probably. But what if one of those teams loses and I'm not like, let's just say the SEC champions in. If, and it's, the LSU loser. Or, if it's LSU or Ohio State, I, I, I agree. I, don't, I think you're right. I don't, I don't think it matters. If Clemson loses, to your point, to a bad. They should be out. To that, to that lopsided of a conference title. The ACC is a joke this year, by the way. Such a joke. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would. Oklahoma? I, I, yeah, I think Oklahoma should get in over them, but I don't think they're going to lose, so it doesn't matter. No, I, I agreed. I, I still think that Clemson, like, at the end of the day, if you want the four best teams in the country in this thing, like, I think the best case scenario for that, I think the top four teams right now are the top four teams in the country. Like, I think Georgia is in there. Okay. I think Georgia or Oklahoma, it's really close, and I would not be mad if, if one got in over the other, but, um, you know, like we have Georgia LSU right now on our screen. So we're getting the playoff in my mind. So it's hard for either team to complain because they control their own destiny. If they win the game, they're in. If they lose, they're out. And to me, I think that that's, that's fair. That's how it should be. I don't know, man. Oklahoma, though, you really – you feel like they're, they're, they should get in. I just – the Ohio – that Iowa State game and losing to Kansas State, I just – they played in Texas close. I, I just – I don't know about Oklahoma. I think they get killed if they play any of these other teams. I kind of agree. I mean, I think that 
I still think that they're just because of I believe in Lincoln Riley. I feel like that they would they'd be good, but they probably they easily could have lost. TCU was right there with them too. I mean, they Baylor could have beat them either of the two times they played. I don't I don't buy into Oklahoma. I think the Big Twelve's a joke. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they're good. I think Baylor is good. I like. I already made my opinion known about Matt Rule, but it's going to be very interesting. This could end up being like one of the craziest chaotic years if any of those top teams go down. Because like, I, I mean, whatever. I, we've heard Kirk Herbstreit talk about this for like forever, but you know what? Imagine, imagine if Clemson loses, like, and you know, and now say i don't know so like if you're baylor do you feel like you deserve it over clemson just because they're one loss all season they're one blemish comes on a neutral side against virginia and and like i know i'm talking about out of both sides of my mouth but to me if you don't win your conference you should not be in the tournament in in my mind i agree with that by the way i I love that but it's it's unfortunately they don't look at it like that no these games don't matter they're like the conference tournaments in uh in in ncaa it's true it's totally true yeah except for you don't get an auto bid if you win your conference true (laughs) yeah i i think it'll be good auto bids for 14 playoff (laughs) but you're right eight eight teams would be perfect because i think that like no matter what you the you the best team in the country is in that top eight whereas I think there, it's very possible that if you lose one game, you have one bad Saturday, you end up number five, like that happens. And, you know, the best team, you may, you jeopardize having a tournament where the best team in the country isn't in it because of that one bad week. I agree. I've been saying it for years since they did this four-team playoff. Why not make it eight and just have those first, that first round be sponsored by the same same companies that sponsor those those BCS okay. bowls? Totally agree. Stupid. Totally agree. It's yep. stupid, but college football is kind of stupid, so... Great. <laughs> so true. I mean, if we had an eight, it, it would be so awesome. I, I'd yeah. be so pumped. It's just a missed opportunity. It works well in every other division of college football. I just don't get why they haven't done it. I mean, 16 makes sense too, but, but I think for to come from where we, we've been, making it – just making it the eight, it, if it, it, I think that, that, that solves any of this issue. Maybe they like the controversy in the conversation. It gives It gives attention to college football. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that they, yeah, they like, there's a reason why there's a delay. Like it's obvious if it was like the NBA, this thing would have been done already, but because it's college football, that it takes so much time. They drag their feet. They love this stuff. And that's why it took so long to get out from the BCS and the top two thing. Agreed. All right, Anshu, we've gone a little long on this episode, but uh, big week, big week here with college football and NFL. Obviously, there's free agency underway with baseball. Uh, we'll get to some of that talk next week, but uh, did you have anything you wanted to add before we let our listeners get to their Sunday? This is fun. Enjoy it. We're at the very end of this season. I can't believe it's almost over with football, so let's let's embrace every moment we have of it while we have it. Yeah, I'll be I'll be glad to stop watching Bengals football in a few weeks here. But uh, <laughs> but fantasy, good luck, everyone. If you're not doing fantasy playoffs, get in the daily action and good luck. Get win some money, uh, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. For Anshu Kana, I am Josh Dunn. Our time has come to an end on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. We'll see you guys next week. 